We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees. Never, ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Rams Talk Radio team and the Blue Wire Network. Now on to the show. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg, a savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. There's a whole burst to it. 20. Steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. High school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo, the former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, Michael Stewart, here to do our post game on the Rams' 28-19 victory over the Detroit Lions. Mike, happy Sunday. How you feeling? Happy Sunday, man. I'm feeling good. Uh, just getting ready to brace ourselves. Both got a big storm coming in, so I guess it'll be on the the Frisco game. I think they're playing tonight, and they're going to be bracing. But, uh, man, we need the rain. But with the rain and the fires, sometimes it causes mudslide. But other than that, man, it's been a great day. We got another win in the win column. So, man, I'm looking forward to chopping it up with you, D.C., see, see what your thoughts are. Oh, I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. If you watched our podcast this week, we did a lot of previewing with different folks. When Mike was here for a show, we had former Lions defensive tackle Jerry Ball was on the show this week. And we also had a guy, Malcolm Ford, from the Pride podcast. They're one of their co-hosts. And one of the things we talked about was the things that the Rams struggle with. One of them being the Rams tend to play down to opponents. And I think we saw that today, Mike. I mean, I think we saw that. Maybe you saw the game differently, but I saw a team that I think took the Lions a little lightly. Well, you know, I've said it, uh, and I'm going to say it again. We're dealing with the NFL. It's like the the Giants, they they won at home and, and beat the team down. I believe it was Jacksonville uh, down at home, but they didn't look like they could beat the high school team here in town. But again, they came out today and showed what they can do. Just like Detroit, it's not like they don't have good players, good coaching. We noted uh, last week in the podcast that a lot of their games uh, that they have lost, they've lost by a small margin. You know, a play here, play there, series here, series there. And truthfully, today, it was a similar situation. They had a chance to maybe put it in the bank, but Jalen Ramsey came up with a huge play, a huge play. You know, 
Uh, Jarrett was pressured a little bit by Aaron Donald. Had to get rid of it maybe a second earlier than maybe he wanted. But Jalen Ramsey made a heck of a play by going around and over the guy, getting a pick and bring it out for some good yardage. And the Rams were able to seal it. So overall, I look at it as a team, you're playing an NFL team with NFL players. I do think that the Rams might have been that, hey, we're going to make sure we bury these guys and the next thing you know they're in a dogfight so i think maybe they were trying a little bit hard coaching was a little bit different i saw us blitzing a lot more than i've ever seen us blitz but i guess they figured they could blitz jared into throwing picks or something but we'll talk about that a little bit more how about you well one of the things we mentioned on the podcast this week was playing down to a punch but we also noted that the lions They've given some teams some problems. They are 0-6, but they're not a bad 0-6. They've had some tough breaks. I mean, they took Baltimore to the brink. Heck, they took Baltimore kicking a 66-yard, that's right, 66-yard field goal to beat them. Minnesota on a late field goal. All these games were close. The only game they really got blown out in was last week's game against Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati goes to Baltimore today and shells them. So. Uh, you know, I look at the Lions, and I saw a team that came prepared today. They came ready to go. They had definitely scouted the Rams out. They're, they're much more well-coached than we think they are. And quite frankly, I think it also says a lot about how they feel about Jared Goff, at least on the team anyways. Because if this team doesn't like Jared Goff, I mean, they let him get destroyed today, quite frankly. They don't, they don't show up for him, but this team... They they showed up, and let's be honest, the, the Lions don't have a whole lot of playmakers healthy right now. And they kept it close. They fought. I was. I think their future with the staff they're building there is bright. But, I mean, let's flip it around. Look at what the Rams did today. And, you know, when you give up two fake punts in a game, an onside kick in a game, what's that say about you? Honestly, what does it say about you right now? It's not a lot of good things, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, you know, on one hand, I I think the other team came and they just made some plays. The onside kick, I believe it was Troy Reader, he had it in his hand and and just just got by him. Uh, The two fake punts were legit. The one, the first one was basically a a stop pattern by the outside gunner. I mean, that that's a heck of a throw from the quarterback and kind of a heck of a route ran by the, the outside gunner. And then the second one, they just, I don't know, the Rams didn't have a guy outside. The guy was kind of lined up inside, so they must have had a check with me or they saw something. But they were easily able to hook the outside defender, the outside two that should have been, uh, easily able to hook those guys, and it was off to the races. Because, again, the gunner, uh, the hold-up guy on the gunner, you know, he's running outside, and so he has his back to him. Uh, but I thought both of those plays on the punt returns uh, were excellent, excellent calls, and they just were the perfect calls at the perfect time. But you would think after the first onside kick, you know, you're alert really the rest of the game, you know, look for the fake, and you, sometimes you can talk them out of it. but. Yeah, man, those two play, three plays could have really been, well, they were the difference until the Rams finally got going down in the fourth quarter. And even then in the fourth quarter, it was, it was, you know, it was ugly. It was grind, 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 with the exception of the big 59-yard play. And part of that kind of grind out, it, it is... You know, part of the problem is is that with that grind out you're seeing is a running game that's not really being utilized. For years now, you've got, you know, you've got Sean McVay talking about how the, the need for the running game is there, but they didn't really even try to establish a running game today. Having an established running game would have meant a lot. Now, I think the outcome would have been a bit different. A win, a much cleaner win, I think. And also, when we're... Looking at this team and evaluating this team, here's the here's the thing, okay? When we 
I keep seeing posts like this. And this is um, this is from DTR's um, Blaine Greasek, and I got no problems with Blaine. I'm not trying to call Blaine. He's he's one of a few analysts who are doing this, and so this isn't personal. But just right now, it's about an hour ago actually. He writes, "The Rams are six and one, which is the best record under McVeigh outside of 2018. Yet you would think this team is three and four or four and three by the reaction of the fan base. Let's be ecstatic. The Lions threw everything." And the, the kitchen sink, he misspells itching, kitchen sink, kitchen sink, and the Rams came out on top. Okay. You know what? If this is 2017, I agree. I'd be thrilled. This is 2021. The Rams <laughs> right? have mortgaged a good chunk of their future on the now. Let's be honest about that. This team is built to win now. They are built with the intention of trying to get back to the Super Bowl and hopefully winning it now. Okay? So, yeah, I'm happy they're 6-1. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. But here's the thing that bothers me, Mike. It bothers me that certain things remain the same. The Lions controlled the clock a lot today. They did. With the same kind of stuff that we've been pointing out. I called it on, on social media, I called it Death by a Thousand Paper Cuts. And I actually got that. I got that expression from a Patriots analyst. I was debating him prior to Super Bowl 53. And he said that the Patriots are going to win this game by Death by a Thousand Paper Cuts. And he was dead right. That's all they do is short, 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 short stuff and just wore down, wore away. And before you know it, the Rams lose 13 3 in a Super Bowl. Three. We look at this game today, and the Lions got a whole bunch, the exception of their one big play, their one big one. You know, 32 minutes, 40 seconds, lots of four yards, five yards, six yards, four yards, five yards, six yards, getting to the tight end, getting out there. They had their one breakaway for um, for Swift, getting a touchdown. That was, you know, their one really, really big one. Yeah, I think I had a 32-yard pass in there, too, somewhere. but. It was just a whole lot of dink and dunk stuff that we've been seeing teams do the Rams all year long. And sooner or later, a good team is going to wreck them on that. The Cardinals already did it once, but guess you know there's a team that's coming in in two weeks. I'm not worried too much about the Texans. The Texans are are a bigger train wreck than the Lions, in my opinion. The Lions, you can at least see there's upside there. You can see it. The Texans are an absolute train wreck. But in two weeks, the Tennessee Titans are coming in, Mike. The Tennessee Titans, this team is built to wear down clock. They're built to just wear you, wear you, beat on you, beat on you, wear you down. If the Rams don't fix this in the next two weeks, that game is going to be ugly. It's going to be but ugly. And that is why I'm not happy with it. I'm happy with the win. And I thought Stafford had a great game today, especially when Sean McVay gave him little to no run support at all. I thought they had a great game. Cooper Cup's been fantastic. Cooper Cup's numbers are off the chain right now. Off yeah. the chain. He's on pace. Um, he's on pace for almost 2,000 yards receiving and 22 touchdowns. Yeah. That's bananas. Yeah, okay. That's, per- that's impressive. That, that's impressive. But I'm looking at the tea leaves here. And as, as long as the Rams keep doing dumb things in terms of, I mean, I can't get over that. Two fake punts in a game. That used to be what we did to people. Two fake punts in a game. Onside kick, of course, we did that because we sucked. And we had to. But now teams are doing it to us. And the, after, that first, after that first fake, they should have been ready for that the whole rest of the game, and they weren't. They should be ready yeah, for it. I mean, it's it's oh for sure. I mean, you have certain calls when you're playing special teams, and you know you basically play for all the fakes. So you know when you're doing a punt return, you're just going to kind of everybody's looking, everything is going to get maybe forced inside. So I don't know how, especially I I thought the first punt, uh, punt fake was was just excellent. I, I just think that was one of those they did it. The dude decided, you know, a stop route on the outside and, and the guy actually throws a almost better than some quarterbacks could throw it as far as the timing. So it's definitely something those guys have worked on because, man, it, it was pretty much a perfect play. 
The second one, when they just kind of went around the outside, somebody just wasn't containing. That's that's just a normal thing. You always have an outside rusher coming upfield to make sure that the punter actually punts it and doesn't run a fake and do the things that they actually did. But it was like the outside guy got hooked right away. And once that happened, that guy was out the gate. Uh, but to your point, Derek, I think more more of what you're talking about ultimately is this is an NFL team that should be prepared by guys who get paid decent money. So when you're when you're talking at that level and, you know, you have to be able to one, make changes in a heartbeat. But now we're talking weeks into the season. Uh, but again, I just always go back to when you're not playing all your guys in the preseason. Now you're getting in the season trying to figure out, you know, matchups and timings and rotations and whatever else you're trying to do kind of a little bit on the run. Uh, and you're trying to, you know, move Aaron Donald around here and there. But if you're doing that stuff in the preseason, you're going to get a quicker glimpse of what you need to do now to prepare for the season. Now you're into the season and you're trying to make these adjustments. But the thing that I can't figure out what the Rams are doing, and some of it was just uh, not being in the right gaps on the blitzes, but it's like, oh, that's Jared Goff. We're just going to blitz him. And it's like, Every time you bliss him, he kind of diced you. So then it's like, okay, we don't need to bliss this guy. Let's just stay back a little bit more in this zone, and he's going to throw us the ball. So I couldn't figure out why they kept trying to blitz. And sometimes they're sending two or three guys, even though Jalen Ramsey got in there a few times and at least got some hits on him. But you got two guys either going outside or two guys going inside. So somebody's not running the right gaps because you don't usually have two or three guys going in the same gap or outside, you know, coming wide. You usually got one outside, one inside. So those kind of things, which means either they didn't get a lot of blitz practice this week or they just decided last night in the team meeting, like, you know what? Forget it. We're going to come after this guy. And then they just come out on game day and try to do it. So, uh, yeah, they were hitting a lot of those under crosses, a lot of the check downs, which, again, you know, prolonged because one drive they had it for nine minutes. I'm like, man, that, that's a lot of time. So, yeah, man, I agree. You know, a team like Tennessee is going to lick their chops and just give it to Derrick Henry and just say, hey, let's see if you can stop him. Then that's exactly what will happen. It'll be just Henry, Henry, Henry. They'll hit a couple tight ends here and there. They won't really need to to do a whole lot yet. Julio Jones is on that roster. I mean, so I just I look at what Tennessee's did and how Tennessee's playing. Tennessee smashed the Chiefs today, twenty-seven three. By the way, their defense is coming out well. This is a this is a very good football team on national. Yeah, TV. yeah. I watched that's a little in bit of two that. weeks. You know, yeah, that's in yeah. two. Yeah. This is the freaking Chiefs, man. I know the Chiefs haven't been right this year as far, but it's still the Chiefs. I just Looking at this game, yes, absolutely be happy. There's uh, there's a couple things to be happy. Let's get to that before people turn us off because we're being so negative. There's the, here's the game stats, okay? Rams, 22 first downs, Lions, 19. Third down efficiency. This is nice, 9 of 13. Not so nice, 6 of 15 for the Lions. Total yards, 415 for the Lions, 374 for the Rams. Total plays, 61 for the Rams, 67 for the Lions. Net yards rushing. 137 for the for the geez, the, the Lions. The Lions never used to run anybody. 47 yards rushing for the Rams. On 19 carries. Let me say it again. 19 carries for the Rams, 47 yards. Yards passing, 327 to 278, 28-41, 7.8 per pass. Sacked one time. That's it. One time. Two interceptions thrown by Jared Goff today. Each team punted only once. Four penalties, 35 yards for the Rams, 877 for the Lions. Time possession, 3240 for the Lions, 2720 for the Rams. The Rams have lost time possession a lot this year, a lot more than you would expect them to. The, the box score, player performances here. Matthew Stafford, 28 of 41 for 334 yards, three touchdowns. Jared Goff, 22 of 36, 268. I thought he actually had a pretty good game. I think he took what the Rams gave him. Those two picks late, you're pushing it. I get it. 
I, I'm not going to mean, and I think you said something key. The Rams went after him pretty hardcore, and he did a pretty good job of avoiding the rush throughout much of the game. I wish he would have done that more with the Rams. Running game for the Rams, 15 carries, 45 yards for Dale Henderson, three-yard average, only Michelle, two carries, four yards. Ugly day on the ground. Meanwhile, receiving Cooper Cup, 10 catches, 156, two touchdowns. Robert Woods, 6 for 70. Tyler Higby, 4 for 46. Van Jefferson, 4 for, four for five, sorry, 5 for 46. Van Jefferson, 4 for 43. Darrison, 3 for 19. Only one target for Deshaun Jackson. And Detroit was doing a real nice job of, of showing the deep ball. Receiving for the Lions, Khalif Raymond, 6 catches, 115 yards. DeAndre Swift with his touchdown, 8 catches, 96 yards, that big long on, on, the, on the screen. TJ Hawkinson, 6 for 48. Lizard leaders there. Tackling for the Rams. Leading tackler today, Kenny Young. He had a sack, seven tackles overall. Leonard Floyd had seven tackles overall. And another sack by Sebastian Jones today. Oh, Troy Reader had eight tackles. Troy Reader got picked on a lot today in pursuit. I mean, heard a lot of complaining. I'm not sure how you felt about his performance. I mean, did you did you see what other people were seeing? Of course, but you know, again, I think we noted that early in the season. Uh, you know, some of the things that that he can get exposed on. You know, some of the things. Again, this is supposed to be the NFL. You know, but when he sometimes he's getting in his drops, he's just basically just dropping back in the middle. He's not necessarily knowing where the receivers are either coming or going from. And that's how sometimes you're able to get those undercrosses and those sit-down mm-hmm. routes in there because he should be able to snug up to those a lot sooner. But it's like he's just dropping back, looking at the quarterback, and and then once he decides he's going to turn, well, you're late in the NFL when you're trying to do that. You have to be able to pattern read. The back is in there blocking. you got to now look to the two or three receiver to the strong side or weak side, depending there maybe where he's looking but it's like he just kind of drops back in the middle. So miss a couple tackles, you know, uh, you know, but again, good back should make the first guy miss anyway. So it, it'll be interesting to see down the stretch, you know, how he either gets better or maybe they, they're going to put someone else in there. But he's showing a little bit of uh, a propensity to be exposed and a good team. They'll find that guy every time, and they'll make sure that they're able to capitalize on it. Well, the Rams are, per, you know, in the past, they're pretty good at finding where he's stronger. He's stronger when he's at the line. When you got him moving upfield towards the quarterback, towards the running back, in that direction, he's a lot better. You get him stuck in coverage, he's a mess. The Rams got to do a better job with him situationally. Oh, and, and Jordan Ford, nine tackles today. When that's in the secondary, that's when your secondary is the lean tackler, that's a concern. That's concern. Yeah, that's a concern. So as you're saying, this is against a team that was not just really trying to run it, run it. A team like Tennessee who is going to run it, there's not going to be any doubt that they're not going to run it. Yeah, that could be, you know, a long day for some some guys in the secondary. I just want to point out one thing and it goes back to a point you made earlier about this now being 2021. I think Sean McVay is a past guy. First, no doubt. I mean, we literally at the end of the game, they know we're running, and now we're getting four or five yards when they know that we're running. We're just going to run the clock out, but we're able to pound the ball and get yardage. So I just can't figure out why we're not running it more. You got good backs, but you got to give them the opportunity to to make something happen. But 19 carries is just, it's not going to do it. It's not enough. You want to be able to control the clock earlier, and that's not going to happen when you're throwing the ball 41 times in the game compared to 19 rushes. It's just not going to work. And, yeah, he, he, he does get the tunnel vision where he tends to throw the ball more. The only thing that concerns me with that is when you get a team in Titans who you get them on a 15-play drive, they'll run 14 plays if they feel like it. The Rams should be able to do that. They should be able to push teams around. And party wonders a bit if it's because they've already had so many injuries with the running back position, they're trying to limit the carry just, just to protect their players. 
in if this wasn't a usual problem, I would I might believe that. But for years now, McVeigh's gotten tunnel vision on his running backs. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, yeah, he could be doing something in regards to, you know, protection. Again, the one thing we don't know if guys are out there playing banged up already, uh, that could be the case as well. We look at him and go, oh, man, it looks like he's running hard. Yeah, but he may be only at 75, 80%. And, you know, whatever's going on underneath, you know, you're now down another back. So that absolutely could be a situation. Again, they're not putting those kind of things on the injury report. If you're banged up, they're going to put, yeah. they have to put on there if you're quote unquote injured. But sometimes certain things don't make it to the injury report because, yeah, they don't want you to know that a guy's kind of banged up. They're going to come after you. But, uh, yeah, the tunnel vision definitely is there, in my opinion. Uh, there's some times when, uh, we should just be kind of running down these teams' throats, and we're not doing it because we just kind of get pass happy. I will say, this was a game that the big staff was on. That dude was winging it from sidearm mm-hmm. to overhand to off his back foot, and he was putting the ball on the the, the ball on the the money on the ball on the money. Yeah, <laughs> one of those. <laughs> He was putting it where it needed to go, and uh, that was good to see. But, again, we want to see that consistency game in and game out, not like, ooh, he's hot today, ooh, he's not hot tomorrow. So, But, yeah, I like what he did today, man. He was getting guys in checks. Hey, Daryl, go up go up here and block this guy. They're about to blitz, and then he diced them up. And I go, yeah, this guy's a little bit different. And then you hear about Mark Sanchez on the call. That was interesting, a quarterback of his caliber coming out of college to leaving early. And then it just kind of seemed like a disastrous career for him, but he does sound like he knows what he's talking about. So what I just want to go ahead and mention this too, as well. One of the reasons why the Rams, I think are struggling in some of the games is because they are not consistently holding on the football. But I mean, I'm not saying they're giving turn, but they're not, they're not controlling the clock. They're not keeping other offenses off the field. What Detroit did, what other teams have done, is they keep the Rams' offense off the field a bit more. And it takes them longer, therefore, to adjust the game. Detroit was smart. They got a hit by 10 early, put the pressure on the Rams right away. And, you know, if the Rams had gotten out to a 10 nothing lead, I don't think this game is even close. But Detroit was able to stay into it by putting pressure on the Rams early forcing them to think about different things and, you know, really taking the Rams out of the kind of game they want to play. If you want to beat the Rams, get a lead on them. Get a lead on them. The, once the Rams have the lead, they, they will control this game. They'll control every game. If you, they get it. If the Rams get a 10-0 lead, I'm 99% confident they got this in any game. They've been that good with it. But when they get challenged early, when they fall behind, teams are able to really mess with them. They're really able to mess with them. Okay. Before we move on, sponsors. Sponsors. Folks, we've been talking with you about TickPick for a while now. And I just want to say this. This is a little bit outside the norm for it. With TickPick, what I want you to realize is this. We don't really have any local sponsors right now. Uh, we have a national sponsor through Blue Wire. And, you know, people have already have always asked us, well, how can they help us out? How Listen, help our partners. If you're using our code for these sponsors, especially for TickPick, that helps us. If, you, if you're not using it, then it doesn't help us at all. So we'd ask you to use TickPick. And the reason why, I mean, it's just cheaper. We're in the midseason now. In two weeks, the Rams are home to play the, to play the Titans. We've just been talking about this. I'll be there for that game. I'm coming out for that. Sunday Night Football. Just one of, those fa- one of those big games of the year for us. This will tell us a whole lot about where the Rams are going to be. And you can get tickets this game at TickPick.com. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. And they are the original no-feed ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need for all NFL tickets, especially the Rams. 
There is no service charge. Let me say it one more time. They got rid of all those awful service fees that other sites charge. And they'll guarantee to you the best price on all their tickets. So much so that if you can find better prices elsewhere on the same tickets on another site, they will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So, got some big games coming up yet. 49ers. Titans. Do I need to keep going? The Seahawks will be in. Big, big games coming in the second half of the year. Get your tickets now. Get them through TickPick. Go to, go to the website, tickpick.com forward slash RTR. That's tickpick.com slash RTR and save 10 bucks on your first order. TickPick is a place for all of your Rams ticket needs. And here's a word from other sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Mike, what are some other things about this game that really kind of stand out to you? Well, you know, one of the big things is, uh, again, Jalen Ramsey now, you know, getting back to, I'm saying, his higher level of play is kind of pretty interesting. It's like he can literally turn it up a notch, and that guy just likes to compete. And so that that's going to play dividends down the road. We have to shore up the tackling side, though, uh, mm-hmm. defensively, because it's like we kind of miss too many tackles and uh, two yard gain now is a 10 yard gain or a four yard gain is now, you know, an eight, 12 yard gain. So we got to shore those kinds of things up. And then we just got to figure out a way to sustain some drives a little bit more on offense because when you look at this game i mean the the lions were winning 17 16 going into the fourth quarter so you like that i mean 1917 i'm sorry yes 1917 going into the fourth quarter and then you know the rams got 11 unanswered points but again the they were knocking on the door and had a Jalen Ramsey not come up with that pick, you know, who knows what have happened. So uh, you just can't be leaving things out there like that. So I would like to see us shore up defensively a little bit more where we're getting off the field. And then offensively, we need to sustain some drives. And then obviously, I know they'll fix a special team thing. I, I just think this was just one of those games where Detroit just kind of pulled out every trick that they could for whatever reason, we weren't as prepared or ready for it as we should have been. But I still say a couple of those are really good, good, good fakes uh, that happen. So uh, and I would definitely maybe it's another one. I need to see this running game get going a little more, at least give us an opportunity because you're going to need some run game down the stretch. How about you? I think the Rams are fortunate. They made those plays down the stretch, I think, in terms of defensively. But also, you know, as we've seen most of the time this year, you can't deny their talent. From Jalen Ramsey to Aaron Donald to Cooper Cup to Matt Stafford. I mean, when they're in games like this, what is often the difference is the stars, the guys who are the cream of the crop. And throughout the year, in the Bears game, the Colts game, it was 
the talent that put them over the top in each of these games. It was the talent that, in this case, put the nails in the coffin for this for this game. So I just I just think, you know, right now the Rams have to build on that. You can't rely on the talent always being equal because it's not. The Titans are a great team. The Ravens got destroyed today, but they're a great team. They have the Ravens on the road later on this year. There is there there are high quality opponents on the docket for the Rams yet, and as we saw with Arizona, and you start getting teams with a good amount of talent themselves, and the Rams can lose. They lost that game pretty handily. So that's what I'm looking at. And so what people ask me, why aren't you celebrating? No, no, I'm happy. I'm happy they're 6-1. Please don't, don't take me the wrong way. I'm happy they're 6-1. It's just that at this point, you and I got to be real about this. In a couple years, the Rams got to tear down. I'm not certain they're going to tear down and be a 2-15 team or anything. But their contention years are going to dwindle here. They have a lot of fix to do. As your future comes forward, okay? Because, again, you have Aaron Donald, who's now at that 30-year-old threshold, okay? He's going to be heading towards the twilight of his career for now. His performance will drop. And you've got tons of money invested in him. Matt Stafford's 33. Their time to win is now. It's not three years from now. In three years from now, they're going to be reloading. And they're going to be fixing a lot of the salary cap mess they've already made. Which I don't blame them for, by the way. You're trying to win a title. But because you're trying to win a title, you better freaking win it. Or be in serious contention for it. For me right now, at 6-1, and one, they're a bit of a paper tiger because they haven't fixed the things that teams know they can do to them. Am I making sense, Mike? I mean, you seriously, you, you've had the same defensive issues all year. And then you came out today and you let teams pull the wool over your eyes. The Lions pull the wool over your eyes on special teams. Those are red flags. The fact that you're not establishing the running game, it's a red flag. And a better team than the Lions today probably gives the Rams a loss. And that's not saying the Lions didn't play a good game. I thought the Lions played a great game. They gave the Rams all they could handle. I mean, maybe, you, maybe you see it differently, but that's kind of where I'm at right now with it. Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, they got to shore up some things, no doubt. I mean, because, again, you're going to start playing. And, you know, we got some teams that can be test cases down the stretch here. But when you get into the playoffs, these kind of things will get you blown out in a game. If you can't shore up the run on defense, you will get the ball run down your throat and the score will be something you will not like. And you're going to go home with a whole offseason to think about all the games you let get away in regards to not getting better at it and then getting to the playoffs and it catches you. And now you don't have anywhere to turn. At least right now we have, you know, a number of games to get better at it, uh, shore up some things uh, because you just don't want to be that team that's not peaking at the right time. And so. Positive is we got growth that we can 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 get to and we can grow and get better. Uh, the negative is time is going to run out before it, it exposes you. And we may see that as soon as, you know, I mean, the Texans are what they are. But I always say it's an NFL team. They're mm-hmm. not going down to play the JC team. They're playing another NFL team with guys who have pride and things like that. So. You just don't want a team like that to be the team that you really get exposed on. And the next thing you know, you got a loss where you shouldn't have or you just you're just not getting better. And it's it's like fool's gold. Hey, we're winning games. We're winning games. But in reality, yeah, you're winning games a little bit. Luckily, if luckily is a word. (laughs) But anyway, uh. Yeah, there's definitely some things that need to get shored up. And again, I, I'm going to trust these guys who are coaching and guys who are playing 
they know what's at stake, I would hope, and they'll get it done and sooner than later. But, you know, on the is a flip side point of view as well. They're playing a Lions team that have several former Rams coaches over there. So they know Sean McVay very well and how he's in the game plan. You got Jared Goff, a former Ram over there. You have Michael Brockers over there. The Lions had a reason to be motivated for this game. They, they did. They, and they had reason to really, they had an inside track on really giving the Rams some problems. I'm sure Aubrey Pleasant and all those guys over there on the coaching staff, there's a lot of pride there. You want to beat your former team. It's a big deal for you. So for the Rams to come out of this reasonably healthy and with the win, and a win where they showing their, their good stuff showed out too. Like Matt Stafford, it it's so clear now how much of an upgrade he is. It is. It's a huge upgrade. We all see it. It's <laughs> they're not six alone without him. They're they're not. They're not six alone without him. That's how much of an upgrade he is. So you got Cooper Cup, who's having an, an all planet year. There are a lot of positives to build on. The offensive line's been solid, especially in pass protection. But you got to fix the other stuff if you want to win a Super Bowl. That's all. I'm not trying to rain on the parade here. I want us to keep the eye on the ball. I want, I want everybody to see what's really at stake here. You can't kind of work your way through the year and not fix these problems. And when you get to the good teams, the Packers of the world, Tampa Bay, we beat Tampa Bay once. But if we go to Tampa Bay for a rematch, is it going to be the same? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, watching I what so. Tampa has done the last couple of weeks, basically watching what Tampa's done since that loss, I mean, they've moved to a whole other level. They, they have fixed so many things that they got exposed on by the Rams. Have the Rams done the same? Well, they haven't. They better. I mean, again, I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer on that. They won. It's a good win. Any win is a good win. But this is a three-week stretch here. The Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. This is where you should be fixing this stuff before you get into the meat of the schedule. Again, if they've, they ran the gauntlet once, came out pretty good. The second gauntlet's coming. They got to fix it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And I think they will. Uh, well, it don't matter what I think. It It, it is what it is. So uh, I, I I would hope they know what's at stake. And, you know, I'm sure that uh, they do. But, yeah, you don't want to keep winning by the skin of your chinny chin chin. Because, as you pointed out, if today was a day that Stafford was off a little bit, the outcome's probably totally different. Yeah, true. And I, I do want to say one more thing here as before we really close. Throughout the early this week, got into a little bit of debate on Facebook over Jared Goff. A person there basically stated that, you know, Jared Goff was doesn't deserve any credit for his Rams career. And, and I, I defended him. And here's the reason why. If you want to throw, throw um, some shade towards Goff for his last couple of years, I think you're well in your rise too. But there was a game the 2019 NFC Championship game where the Saints came out there and just stormed out to a 13-0 lead. Do you remember this game? Of course you do. In that game, (laughs) the headsets didn't work for the Rams in the first quarter. Todd Gurley was not playing like Todd Gurley. The offensive line was a disheveled mess in that first quarter. In Goff, 
in that second quarter of the game, that was the one time I can remember where he really put the team on his shoulders and got them settled down. They went downfield on a mostly passing drive, got a touchdown, pulled in three before halftime, and we went into the second half of the game. And a lot of people forget on their last big drive before the the pass interference or the non-pass interference call, Goff scrambled for a first down. And had been face masked and should have been should have been it should have been a call on him. That was a non-call. Again, the efficient in the game was awful. He put his body out there. There were numerous times throughout the years that Goff put his body out. But in that game, his play late in that game made it possible for the Rams to win. But yet, when you look at the stat line, just under 300 yards passing, touchdown interception, I mean, if you just read the stats, you, you think, okay, he had a decent game, but it wasn't great. But then you go back to that first quarter. If you ever get a chance, go back and watch that first quarter. And you look at where that offense was. Whenever you look at a team and they struggle, the first player, the first person you're going to blame is going to be the quarterback. Always. Well, then you got to give credit when that quarterback leads them. And that was that's the game I remember, where he showed the franchise quarterback he could be. That was the game, Mike. He put them on his shoulder, especially in the second quarter, and he led them. And they go to the Super Bowl. Yep, yep. People forget that. He deserves credit for the time he was there. He had a lot of great games. He's got his flaws. I know the folks in Detroit aren't too happy with him right now. But, you know, 2017, 2018 especially, you're talking about a guy who really, really, you know, this is a franchise that was, I mean, we're talking Cleveland Browns, Detroit Lions territory about how bad they were. He deserves credit. Yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, ultimately I was looking at a little bit on the sideline. He kind of has the same demeanor. He's not going to really get too bothered about it. And so, uh, again, some people look at that. I know I do and go, yeah, I don't know that he loves it to that point where he's going to get bothered by anything. He goes out, hey, man, I'll do my job. Hey, if I get a sack, cool. If I throw an interception, hey, man, you know, if I throw a winning touchdown, hey, cool. You know, he's not getting too ecstatic over that. He's kind of seems like even keel. You need that definitely at times at the quarterback position. You got to be cool, like cool hand loop. But at the same time, there's some times you need to have some fire and, uh, you know, different personalities, they show different in different ways. You know, nobody wants to see the guy just because you kick over a water cooler means you're more excited than a guy who literally goes and sits on the, the bench and tries to look at the the sideline replays and figure out what's going on. So, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of that goes into just his overall demeanor. It may look like he's not really caring. I think he cares but he doesn't care to the extent that he's going to lose sleep over it which absolutely is good for your health and old age and keeping things in perspective uh but i just watched you know and i'm going off the subject i just was watching a little bit of the tennessee alabama game when it was tight in the fourth quarter and something happened and nick saban just start blowing a gasket for like no reason and then they're like settled him down he's like oh okay and i go like man this dude still just as intense as he would be if he's trying to keep his job and i go like man this dude is different but uh so you look at him and go hey man you need to rein it in a little bit it's not that serious and then you look at maybe jared and go hey man you need to show a little more emotion. Who's right? Who's wrong? I don't know. Uh, I'm just glad that we have a guy that now we have X number of wins. And so to your point, I don't know that we would have these wins if we had any other quarterback. 
All right, one question here from Philip Ortiz. Asked, should we, concern, should we be worried about the run defense, special teams, and linebacker depth? It's Philip Ortiz from That Dude, Phil, 96. Should we, Mike? Absolutely. I mean, anytime you see, <laughs> you, you usually get one of those kind of special teams playing the game, not three of them. You know, and so that's very much a concern. Absolutely, linebacker. We talked about a little bit already. Uh, and again, everybody, you know, all those linebackers, well, you know, maybe the front, you know, I didn't look at that so tight, you know, uh, where were they? Are they jumping around a man? Are they in their gap? So defense is, is won and lost by guys being in the right gap at the right time. So, uh, but yeah, we do need to be a little concerned with it because as you noted, we've been seeing this now for a number of weeks. So we need to get some of these things fixed. A lot of these things fixed. A lot of things. <laughs> There's a lot of great things. There are. Okay. A lot of great things. Yeah. But got a lot of work to do. Got a lot of work to do. All right. So there you go, folks. Rams with 2819. I know we talked a lot today about some, uh, some of the negatives. Is, yeah, the Rams, your talent oftentimes will save you. And sometimes I'll make you thrive. Tonight is a little both. Rams from 2019. Over 300 yards passing for Matt Stafford. Cooper Cup on fire. Robert Woods is a nice game as well. Great on third down. Nice third down conversion right today. A lot of good things too. Just got to fix the things that will hold you back from going further. For, for Mike and the rest of the team here, Derek C. Paul saying we're out of here. Have a great one. Yes, indeedy. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.